started to slowly over time think about what I will and won't put up with. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And we have an awesome episode for you today with Kane Holloway. Yes, my new like bro for life. Honestly, I was just kind of jealous. <laughs> well, it's not even like we weren't like we, we got pretty bro at the end, but it was also like kind of uncanny like how many similarities we yeah it's pretty crazy you know it's an interesting conversation because it starts off kind of talking about like how kane got into comedy and all of his podcasts and and then it goes into like relationships and jared brings it like deep really fast well yeah this is the debut of what i hope will be (laughs) some standard questions for guests that really get like deep on relationships yeah i think it was good and then i think it and then it went into like jared and Kane kind of bonding about their experience with know, our dads, with their dads. <laughs> and um, and then I uh, capped it off with hand jobs. Yeah, you really crowbarred <laughs> in hand jobs. You like out of nowhere, she was like, "Wait a minute, what about hand jobs?" So the, I great. mean, the interview is just it's it's raw, it's real, it's vulnerable, it's fucking hilarious. Kane is fucking awesome. He's like, so great. He's he's really funny and really sharp and quick witted and like. Just, like, super great, like, on-point, common-sense advice and viewpoint. That's why his podcasts are great. You should check them out. Um, And he, like, got, like, really real and vulnerable and just, like, went there. Yeah, it was awesome. Which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going (laughs) to try and keep this short, (laughs) our our intro, um, because we want you guys to enjoy the interview. So speaking of hand jobs, oh. we've got the Patreon. <laughs> yes, home of the now world famous hand job video. So our Patreon is a great way to support our show. Um, if you like this content and it means something to you, we really appreciate any way you can support our show. And doing it through the P- Patreon is the best way to do that. Uh, the sort of starting tier is $3 a month. So that's like a cup of coffee, um, or you can pledge more than that. There's a few different tiers. Um, and our Patreon subscribers get extra bonus stuff. Yeah. Including the, the handjob hand tutorial, tutorial video. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Yeah, perfect. So another thing I want to talk about is we recently partnered with Jade Bianca, who was on our show. She is uh, created a program called Dating After Divorce, which basically helps divorcees and non-divorcees um, with effective tools and communication to find a worthwhile partner. So she offers things like dating coaching. She does matchmaking and she even does dating profile assistance, which is wild. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about what she does. And like, if I ever go back to online dating, I'm definitely going to like use her like service because she's awesome at what she does. But there's like the full range where if you want like full matchmaking and dating coach and like the whole thing, like that's like the kind of top end of what she does. And it's like really 
Like she gets people. She's the, fucking amazing. Yeah, she gets people like what they want from yeah. their dating she, experience. She is like a a baller. Yeah, yeah, she'll get it done. But to me, like the cool thing too is the dating profile stuff, where she helps you build your best profile, like pick out pictures and kind of put the right information and answers on there to like attract the best people to you, and then she'll even do the matches for you and like set up the dates or and like then video be like, dates. yeah, and then be like, yeah. here's your dates. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I would, I, if I ever go back to online dating, I'm 100% doing it. Yeah. That. So you guys, yeah. she's so gracious to partner with us. And she said the reason she wants to like, she wanted to reach out to us is because so many of our listeners reached out to her after her episode. And so if you want to work with her, just make sure you use kind of like a discount code of just like hello and goodbye podcast. Just let her know that you heard about her through us. Um, and again, you can find her on Instagram dating underscore after underscore div. So div or her website, www.datingafterdivorce.com. Yes. So definitely like follow her on social media. She's got great content. She just put up yeah. something like really good the other day that I was like, she's I know, really I loving. I just love her. Um, but yeah, also, yeah, go over there, like check out all the things she has to offer. And if you end up using one, make sure you mention that we sent you. Um, and that's another great way to support the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So really quick. Like, really quick, what's going on with you? <laughs> um, I'm continuing to be, like, a, like, little homemaker, I guess. So, like, <laughs> I don't do anything in my life except take care of my houseplants. And I've been doing a lot more vegan cooking. I, I really figured, I really cracked how to cook chickpeas. Are you going to become a vegan? Not, no, I'm still, I'm going to remain firmly flexitarian, which means I eat mostly <laughs> vegan, but if I want a burger, I'm going to eat a fucking burger. You've really changed since I first met you. Yeah, I'm becoming like a more and more like weird and eccentric, I, but anyway, I cooked barbecue chickpeas. I've got an awesome mm. like recipe. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty bad. Do I need to try it's them? delicious. I will let you have some. Yes. Oh wow! Um, so generous of you. Oh, and then in my new in my new segment of Jared tries on clothes and gets Leanna's opinion. Oh yeah, let's see. What I you also got. so I tailored this shirt myself. You oh, because Jared uh, is a tailor. I sew. He sews. And so. Okay, I like it. It fits good. What did right? you tailor? So I I put I brought it in. Yeah, because when you first tried it on, it was a little big, right? Yeah, so it was yeah. really big. So now I've got it tailored so it kind of yeah fits me well. I like it. And then I hem this, and I went and tried to do like a drop hem. So you know how like guys have yeah. curved hem shirts at the bottom. Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of rolling up. If it any, is a little rolly. If any of our listeners know how to use a. Uh, what do they call it? A rolled hem presser foot on a sewing machine. I can't believe we're having this conversation. And you want to explain it to me? I would really appreciate that. So oh anyway. It's nice though. So yeah, I'm just cooking chickpeas. Meditating. And meditating and sewing. Barbecue chickpeas. Ooh, I really don't. Plants. But speaking of me becoming a vegan or not. Uh, everyone out there, if you're interested in like just nutrition and eating better and feeling better, I cannot recommend, I feel like the best way there, cause there's so much bullshit out there. When we had Rachel Sellers on and she talked about like how like the diet industry is so like awful and no, predatory. It's, it's so true. The best book I've ever come across is How Not to Die by Michael Greger, who's like a legitimate medical doctor. 
And it's like basically like really sound research based, like scientific data on like, and, and also he, he does this. So he's like, this is what you can do. Like, this is how I make the, you know, this is how I get like more beans and more turmeric into my diet. And like, here's all the actual like legitimate research based health benefits of that and blah, blah, blah. So check cool. it out. Okay. Well, I just want to like, for our listeners who are listening, who like maybe don't relate to what you're saying, I just want to remind you that there's someone on the other side of this microphone that can barely take care of plants, definitely had a spicy chicken sandwich fried yesterday with fries and a chocolate milkshake. That sounds so good. I inhaled the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I do not sew. I, I feel like I, in our friendship, I used to be the degenerate. Like, I was, like, drinking and smoking. No, I am? No, no. <laughs> I, now I've just become, like, really lame, I think. But I think by comparison, like, you definitely have the more fun, exciting Well, life. I feel like you're on your way to, like, joining a commune. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, my gosh. Wait, were you? was I talking about this with you? How I was talking about one of my friends who also has, like, parents that are getting older. And because my dad lives alone... I'm like, why the fuck won't he go to a nursing home? Like, what's, like, when when you get old. Oh, yeah, no, I want to be around people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. It'll be like going back to college. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't we go do that? Yeah. And so also, to me, like, living. how do you have this much energy right now? Living in a commune feels like the same thing to me because I just finished working out. Oh, that's why. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would want to be with people, but maybe not like at 35. But in like a commune situation, if they were cool people and you could, I don't know, share resources. Yeah, I feel like it's like there was this like season of The Sinner that was like, it's on Sinners on Netflix. Yeah. There's like this season where there was like this weird like commune and that's what I'm getting flashbacks of right now. Yeah, there's a lot of ways it goes wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. Okay. What's happening with you? So I am trying to do a week of uh, very little talking because I'm trying to rest my vocal cords um and it's been a little challenging because <laughs> my ne- well I, well yes I love talking but my niece doesn't quite understand like why aren't you talking Auntie Lily like um and so I'll kind of like I'll be like I'm trying to rest my voice and then she'll be like um can you play with me and well why aren't you singing or you know so I, I it's been a little difficult um, having her around. And I did decide to book an Airbnb up to Big Bear for a night. Oh, nice. So I'm going to head up there with Olive. I'm going to try and do some, like, soul-searching, like, meditation stuff. Hey, look at you. And um, just do some hiking. And uh, my biggest announcement this week is that... So if you've been listening to the show um, consistently, I've been doing dabbling in some dog sitting this past summer. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, this is a big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Olive and I were exploring Paw Liamory. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we've decided to be. <laughs> I love that you can't even get it out. <laughs> we've decided to be Madogamous. <laughs> Madogamous. Brilliant. 
Um, so I have, I have like one more dog sitting gig in November and then, um, yeah, I just want to like reconnect with Olive and like go on more hikes with her and, and then, um, and so you're retiring as I'm a retiring dog sitter. As a Your dog illustrious sitter. dog sitter career is at its, all, come to all its conclusion. five months of it. Yeah. 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 You're like, it's been a great run. It's time for me to hang it up. It has. There's other things calling to me in life. Yeah. Just hanging the leash up. That's great. Hanging up the leash. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we want you to enjoy this episode. So um, tune in and we'll see you after. Yeah. Okay. So we are su super excited to welcome on comedian and host of both the Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers and Well Actually podcast, um, Kane Holloway. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> it's awesome. Man. It's going better now. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you on. And you like you're a really funny comedian. Thank you very much. And your podcast. Well, the one I listen to more because I'm not a nerd. You're not I a mean nerd. To both of them. Yes. You're not a nerd. No, you, you said you're not a nerd. You're not a nerd about anything. No, I'm not nerdy. There's nothing, there's nothing about you that like, you're like, people go, oh my God, if we get trapped in a room with her, she's going to talk about this thing nonstop incessantly. Like this is her thing. You don't have that about you. I know what that is about her. What? Attachment theory. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I'm like a relationship nerd. Yeah. Like all things like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. I like, mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for like personality tests and like okay. attachment theory and uh, zodiac signs and yeah. Okay. And Enneagram and Enneagram, Myers Briggs, yeah. love languages, all of that. Perfect. So, yeah, we could have you on the show for that. We could do, oh, we could do okay. exactly that. So, you're a nerd about that. Like, it's not just about, um, being a nerd is not just about like, you know, like Star Trek or comic books or anything. Like I started the show back in the day where I wanted to do something different. So like you could, like my original co-host was like a dude who read a lot. So he, he knew a lot of like, he knew a lot about literature. So I was like, all right, one, we'll do an episode like about the Ghostbusters. And then we'll do an episode about this book called Educated. Um, and like, that's what the original idea of the show, the Got conceived it. show was. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess maybe what I listened to was like the the Star Trek kind of like comic book. Yeah. 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 Which it's funny because I always date those types of people. Like oh, always. Really? Like I was married to like super nerdy. Like he would he would spend like eight hours a day watching people play League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's nerdy. I would never do that. I that's know. Nerdy. That's very nerdy. And then yeah. my most recent ex was uh, way into um, like Marvel and mm -hmm. video games and all that. He, We talked about this actually on our last episode. He had posters. Like he was, you oh, know, really? had posters on his wall of those things. And yeah. Yeah. So I just go for the nerds. I really do. Hey. Yeah. Are you, you're nerdy. Yeah, sure. About a lot of weird What's stuff. What's the video game that you've been playing recently? <laughs> oh no, you're really going <laughs> to out me in front of Kane. Um, Kane, I was so nerdy as a like kid. I played Magic the Gathering. Do you know what that is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and now there's a, I found out they have like a iPhone app where, I, you know, like you basically can play Magic the Gathering on your phone and like for that. Sure. 
I'm I'm coming out of that deep rabbit hole. I, that was like about a <laughs> two months where I was like playing like an hour a day and like and then I might have a couple weekends ago watched Twitch streams of the Magic the Gathering like World Championships that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's see. But if you love it, then that's the like. You can't let anybody. I mean, but I was nerdy growing up. I remember I got made. I remember when I was a kid, I had a Batman and Robin T-shirt. I was like in fifth grade, and I kept getting made fun of for wearing the shirt, and I felt really bad. And then I like told a friend about it, and he goes, "We're in fifth grade. What are we supposed to like? <laughs> like we're supposed <laughs> to like Batman? Like yeah. that kid's just being an asshole." <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gave me like a whole new perspective on. Um, like it made it gave me a, a lot more confidence. Like, yeah, this is what I like. So, fuck off, Ace. Yeah, and that is his real name. His Ace. name was Ace. His name was, but actually, that was his middle name. And he didn't whatever his fucking dumb first name was. <laughs> I still hold a grudge over Ace. Yeah, this we can tell. This is like you need to deal with this. <laughs> it, it, it probably some like shitty nerdy name like like Melvin or something. It probably like that, was right? dumbass Melvin, yeah. and he was like, I'm, I'm Ace. <laughs> And then because of that, I thought Kane was dumb because I got made fun of my name. I always got made fun of for my name. So I tried to come to school with my middle name, which was Matthew. And I'm like, I'm, I'm Matt now. And everyone's like, we're not calling you Matt. <laughs> <You're> not Matt. <laughs> That's not happening. It's like the person who tries to like have their own nickname, like be like, okay, everybody call me this. And it's like, no, never works. That, right? it never and, works. And the best way to make a nickname stick is to let your friends know that you hate it. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like every, like every one of my friends in college who were like, look, just, can you guys please stop calling me that? Like we still <laughs> call them that. Too. Like those are the only nicknames that stuck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 My nickname was waffle. Cause my maiden name is Walthall. Oh. And so I got called waffle. Waffle. I actually like that. That's yeah, kind of cute. Bad. It's kind of cute. Yeah. 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 Well, Kane, tell us like how you tell us like about yourself. Like, um, like, how did you get into comedy? How did you start the podcast? Like, what were the timelines of all of that? Uh, well, I wanted to be a comic since I was a kid. I watched um, Brian Regan's Comedy Central special when I was like 12 years old. And then um, ever since then, I sort of had a passion to do it. Um, and then I tried to do it at a Borders Books open mic where uh, I bombed and ran i bombed i was like i lived like 30 minutes from that borders books or like a 10 minute drive and i bombed so hard that i ran home in the dark <laughs> how old are you how old are you i was 17. oh oh that's yeah. so sweet and sad <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. wait what what like town was this borders books in because i'm trying to like place where you grew up to uh puyallup washington so i'm from seattle okay uh and i grew up in seattle and that was I like I invited all my friends and they came and I I bought I well I invited like three friends and then they told everybody so oh, then no. the whole school rolled in to see me eat shit for five minutes and then I was like all right well I'm not gonna stick around to hear to watch people try to find something good about what just happened and I <laughs> in a weird panic just started running home like forest you know, like you know, like in forest gump when he just like gets up and starts running that's what yes. it was, that's what it was like for me i just started that's running. hilarious yeah and then um i just started i i did an open mic when i was like 22 at giggles comedy club in seattle 
with a buddy of mine and then i got i bombed again but it was different like i it was in a club and uh comics were talking to me afterwards telling me like oh, i like this like premise and sort of started helping me with the joke and i'm like all right well this is different this feels different and so yeah. after that i just never looked back and then i moved to la after a few years of doing it with my now ex-wife and then she she ended up doing a podcast with greg barrett who wrote he's just not that into you mm -hmm. and then i was trying to get i was i was quitting drinking and i needed some guidance and he's been sober for like 11 years or something like that so then she introduced greg and i and we got coffee and we started talking about sobriety and then um eventually we just became buddies and then he was getting into life coaching and he was like hey man i have an idea for a show where we give we help people not take bullshit from fuckers i want to call it don't take bullshit from fuckers and i think you're funny do you want to <laughs> do you want to come on and be my co-host and i said yeah and then we've been doing it now for over 100 episodes that's amazing yeah i love that oh sorry go ahead no and then the nerd the nerd the nerd show comes from a joke i do about well actually people that people who you'll be talking about whatever and then they butt in they're like well actually and then they have to ruin the conversation with their facts and they think they're better than you <laughs> yeah that's like um i listened to john hodgman's podcast and he always like calls out people for being pedants like like pedantry is like the well you know actually it's the, mm -hmm. you know some like technicality just to and you're just saying it to like show that you're smart you yeah, yeah 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 you like 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 you might as well be saying like well actually i'm very smart yeah so yeah yeah put, just putting that out there for everyone yeah i know yeah. better than you yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh so that brings me to to now that's awesome that's amazing and you li do you live in la still uh i'm heading back to la i'm in seattle right now my sister's about to have her third baby and Aww. uh so i figured i'll just stick around for the holidays meet the new kid and then uh head on back down to la okay cool yeah so since Leanna is a like a relationship theory nerd, um, we we do a lot of like deep diving into like dating and love and relationships. So can, can we ask you, can we like go deep on some of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, so what experiences or like aspects of like your early life do you feel like shaped how you approach and show up in relationships? Um, oh, that was like really deep. Let's go really fast. Let's go. <laughs> Hey He's everybody. A deep nerd. He's it's a deep nerd. A, what if yeah, like what a funny like, hey, yeah. So I started doing comedy when I was 17 and uh that really shaped my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we're in the middle of it now. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I think about my childhood a lot and um that sort of whether you whether you're aware of it or not, it just shapes who you find yourself attracted to. Um, who you sort of move in on and um, knowing that about myself, I find that whenever I enter into a relation now, more, before when I was like in my 20s, like if you were sort of really funny and mean and um, aggressive uh, and I, I really like like that. And then over time that became sort of a toxic relationship but i and still to this day i'm like oh you i like you 
you're going to be a lot of trouble if I mm -hmm. continue to talk to you. Uh, and so that no, like sort of to mine a lot of being comfortable around not abuse, but being comfortable around that type of aggressive needing to uh, clamor for their, uh, their approval or their attention mm -hmm. became something I, I, I became sort of aware of, painfully aware of about myself in my late 20s, realizing like I, um, I, need, I need more self-worth. Like I think very highly of myself to the degree that I do stand up. Like I have a heightened sense of myself that I can go on stage and talk to a bunch of people and make them all feel uh, one emotion collectively, which is a, feels very powerful and wonderful. Um, and then when I get into my relationship, it's like, oh, I'm trying to vie for your attention and your admiration. And so moving forward with that, the more I register things, uh, things like that in a person, I, it's so funny when I started, like I, I got out of my marriage and then I started dating, I could, I could see it in dates. Like I could see it when I was on dates with, with girls, I could be like, Oh <laughs> no, I can, I feel the way you talk about yourself and how I could, I like, I could already see three years into the relationship. Like, can you give more details of that? Like, how would they, what is it about how they talk about themselves? Um, just this, there's this like unearned, there was this unearned um, sense of themselves in, in a relationship. Like I, I went on a date with this girl who had like just told me she usually has all the control in the relationship. Like she's oh. just very much like a, this is how it goes. This is where it goes. This is how we usually am. And then made a point to say, I don't usually date guys like you. I'm the one who needs the attention. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I usually don't, I'm the funny one or I'm the, you know, and like, and I could see it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can it, kind of see like the, the, the power struggle or whatever, the like push pull that would be happening there. Is yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Or more so that you wanted that, like you wanted someone to kind of like control you, but then maybe you find out that you don't, is that kind of what it is? Well, it was like, I initially liking the idea of something like, like a, like a woman who's very, very very quick-witted and funny, but also is like quick to roast, quick to being me around, like not just to me, but anybody, you know, it's like, it's fun to sit around and make, there's a da old David tell joke that he says, have you ever made fun of somebody so much you feel like you need to thank them for all the good times you've had? <laughs> <laughs> so like that kind of feeling, there's like that bond where you both can be kind of shitty. Um, and using that as like a, a cr and then when you don't have anyone around you to be shitty to you, you're shitty to each other. Mm. Um, and, and the roasts feel a lot more personal and they feel a lot more, um, like, are like, I know you and I know you so well. Um, and so here's all these things I know that are going to push, push you to a sort of breaking point. And then it's yeah, like, like really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get into these really high highs and then and then the and then and then those go away and then the lows are so low that you're just like i i'm struggling to even understand why we're in this relationship and then when you get to that breaking point 
where you're like, oh, I think we might break up. I think this is the end. Oh, we're going to go back. We'll go back up now. Let's go back up. Yeah. And we'll be gr- and we'll be great. Remember, this is why this is why we're together. This is it's so great. And you just do that. Yeah. I, I there's like three things I really relate to in, in what you're saying. One of them is like this kind of like I call them like rubber band relationship dynamics. Like I had that a ton in my 20s where we kind of like pull apart or have some big fight and then you like smash into each other again. And that's yeah. like the big, like intense, like emotional high or whatever. Um this second thing is like i'm also drawn to women who are like strong and tough and like speak their mind and Mm -hmm. for me i think there's like two things in that one is like is the like ego boost from like winning over the woman that's tough to win over you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. um and then the second piece is like i was actually talking to my therapist about this like pretty recently is that like i don't like when people are like super polite and careful with me. Cause I'm like, Oh, now I have to have the kid gloves on too. I'm like, you know, like I would rather have someone be a little bit real and a little bit abrasive with me because then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, whew, like I can relax and just be myself too. Like we're not going to get so careful and so sensitive or whatever. Like that actually helps me feel like, like there's more freedom to be myself in the relationship. Does that make sense? Well, to be fair, Jared also likes mean women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, they're so fun. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun yeah. people. Well, and, well, and I think for me, though, and I, I don't know if this is true for you, Kane, but for me, part of that is like the worst moment in relationships is like, oh, this really sweet girl really, really likes me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, eh. And then I feel like the worst person in the world. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a level of, of boredom you reach and you're like, oh man, uh, my, f- uh, my friend Natasha talks about this. She's a, she's a author and she, man, she was like, she's like a, almost like a, a, a fuck boy sponge and just loved having to earn and she's beautiful and she's really intelligent and fucking uh, just one of the sweetest people I've ever met and just loved the worst guys for her and started, started seeing the guy she's with now. She's like, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have looked at him. I wouldn't have even looked twice at him, mm-hmm. but she had to train herself to be attracted to what's good for her. Mm-hmm. instead of what's bad for her i i almost dm'd you before this but then i was like i don't want to give him too much homework <laughs> do you know what your attachment style is uh no i don't think that i do i don't i know that um i feel like i can be i don't know there's a lot of different things that i i work on i don't know uh, right away what um, different attachment styles are. Okay. So, so there's like, I mean, we don't have to like psychoanalyze you right now, but like there's basically just four different types. Um, and it's all based on how you, your early relationships, like it, most of it, your first two years of your life. Um, mm. But there's like secure. So this is the person that can show up and communicate effectively and have really calm conversations and can get feedback and 
then like talk it over and like feel secure and is confident in the relationship and, you know, like can handle things. And like, can tolerate when there's like more distance or yes. when there is like closeness or some neediness, they can handle it well. Right. And then there's anxious, which is like, this person is like the needy person and kind of the stage five clinger and um, mm. stage five or stage four. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Stage three. <laughs> five five works five is usually (laughs) um and they they get really anxious if they're not getting a text back or if the partner like feels distant um and then there's avoidant which is like they fear intimacy so much that they do avoid and they kind of pull back and they need lots of space and um and then there's disorganized which is like a mix of um anxious and avoidant and that person disorganizes like the lesser of the population because they probably experienced abuse um, as like a mm. child. So ba- I don't know, like, can you kind of like guess based on that? Well, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't shy away from intimacy. Um, so it's hard to say, but in, I guess when it comes to arguments early in my life, I was a little more, avoidant especially if it was my fault um <laughs> you know i had a i had a hard time i had a hard time in my 20s really seeing my fault in things and n- now in arguments i i feel like i need to really sort of talk out i'm i'm realizing like the same the same thing when it comes to sex is uh, and fighting are very similar you can't use the same techniques on different people you have to learn to fucking fight with different people how they like yeah. to fucking fight and i love that mm, yeah and yeah. So, so you know when it, now i may be putting my foot in my mouth a lot of the time when i'm in arguments but i'm really when i'm talking i'm talking a lot more now than i used to so now i'm just going i need to get all my thoughts out and i need to get as much of this out so I can understand exactly what it is we're fighting about. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to walk. I want to. I don't want to walk away going like, "Yeah, you're the problem, and I'm good." I would like to see what did I do. Mm-hmm. What did What did I do? And I need to spill it out. And um, you know, uh, I don't know. I think, but I'm still. I'm, I'm still learning when it comes to that stuff. So I. I may maybe. I was avoidant and I'm a little more secure now. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm, I have anxiety, but I don't think I have anxious attachment style. Like if you got work or whatever, I'm cool with not hearing from you. But if I haven't heard from you in like three days, then <laughs> I, then I'll just be like, yo dog, are we good? And then if, if I get a, if I don't get a text back, I was like, all right, well then we're not good. And I have no, <laughs> I have no qualms with moving on with my, like, like yeah. I did it with a, I did it with a friend who, like I started to notice she was, she, uh, she had like made me some like non-boyfriend boyfriend. Like I could tell that I was, she, I, I wasn't interested in her, but she had put us, I could tell that she's like very touchy feely and comfortable around me when it's just me and her, but she's like on Raya looking at dates and like showing me pictures of guys she should date while also telling me, oh, I think you're hot and funny or whatever. And like being very over. And so then when I, then it was, when it would be my turn to like, yo, you want to come over and 
discuss my issues or my problems or whatever, all of a sudden she's not around or she would just not, she would say, yeah, I'll come over and then not come over <laughs> and just fucking. So it sounds like she, it sounds like she just needed attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I blocked her like the moment, the yeah, moment for you. it was like the second time it happened. I was like, if she doesn't come over when she says she's going to come over or if, and if I don't hear from her, I, this is done. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this shit. I, I don't, I don't want you <laughs> and I don't want you yeah. to think, and I don't want you to think I want you. I don't want you to have this, this inflated ego where like, well, Kane's got a crush on me. And so, and I'm just like that. I'm the best. I'm the nerdy best friend. This isn't 16 candles, motherfucker. I have a life too. So you can take this shit on the arches. I love that. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's actually a very secure thing to do. Yeah. I was like, it feels like, like really good, like boundaries and self-worth yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I don't know that I would do that. I would be like, you would not do that. I'd be like, When's he gonna die? You would be like, I mean, it's okay if you can't come over today, but maybe tomorrow. <laughs> can we talk like, about this? Can, can we, we get on the phone? Can we talk about this? Well, it would seem so disingenuous if I preach on my show, hey, it doesn't matter who they are, don't take bullshit from fuckers, don't let people, especially your time. I mean, there's nothing more important than that than having like having someone waste your time. Uh I, I mean, it's like I who do, who the fuck do you think you're not it's the same thing when you don't clean your apartment when you bring somebody over <laughs> i don't care how hot you think you are you're not hot enough to have a dirty apartment or waste my goddamn time it doesn't matter you could be a supermodel um or whatever you can have millions of dollars don't waste my time yeah no i don't, I don't give a shit yeah were you have you always like sort of had that like sense of yourself and like kind of like not putting up with bullshit from people or is that something that you like developed and oh, like I, how oh, i developed oh my god i let i was in love <laughs> i was a fat kid who was in love with um taryn i'll just say that her, her first name first I of all I, I i sorry to interrupt you i i like love that you're diving into this because one of the questions i had for you was tell us the story of your first love so <sighs> taryn well Allison in kindergarten. I loved her so much. I thought she was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Taryn. Taryn, I was like, I was also sort of friend zoned by her and I was in love with her. She had like these big, beautiful blue eyes and um, she was athletic and she was also sort of mean. And, uh, she, was and mean. <laughs> she was so mean. She was, <laughs> she was so funny and so mean. And I loved to roast people with her. And that's like how I feel like I bond with with people. I mean, as a comic, that's just what we're like. We have a hard time showing emotion a lot of the time. And so the only way we do that is to make fun of each other. Um, and that's how you know you've you've bonded with somebody. And so, uh, but Taryn, I remember I was big old, big old fat kid and Taryn made a sex list. This was in high school. And she was like, got boys that she would have sex with uh, in, in our class. And I wasn't on it. And she... Like she saw me, she like saw in my face. I noticed I wasn't on it, but I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I was like, all right. Okay. And then she, and then she goes, <laughs> she, she goes, oh, well, the reason Kane that you're not on it is because, and then she looked me up and down and then said, you're like a brother to me. Oh. And I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> headbutt a knife. <laughs> I hated it so much and now i hate when i hear that anytime i hear kane's like a brother to me 
No, I'm not. Okay. I have a sister. Slow your roll, dog. If you don't, if you're not attracted to me, that's fine. If you want to just be friends, I'm cool with that. I have a lot of, I have a lot of girlfriends, um, but I'm not like your brother. And um, that's like very traumatic, you know, like the first person you loved and like gives you that type of like, so do you feel like from that point on, you were like, I am now going to find the same type of person and I'm going to prove to myself that they will love me back and they will desire me because that's going to heal all of that. Yeah, sort of. It's, um, you know, you uh, just sort of, I mean, my, my dad also shaped a lot of the way that I thought about myself, felt about myself. My dad is not a very nice person and he, um, he was abusive and he was a, a nightmare and he was somebody I had to earn a lot of his love all, all the time. And so I did, I brought that into my, I brought that into my, um, adult life and sort of a combination of doing stand up and like doing stand up, you get, you get a sense of worth, you get a sense of an understanding about yourself. Cause you're always thinking about w- what your point of view is. Mm-hmm. So then, and then you got to tell that to people. And then if they laugh, then your point of view feels good and right. And if they don't laugh, then you feel like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so it's about like the, we, we always call it like the puzzle of a joke. Um, and like trying to, like, you know, this is funny. It's just not funny yet. And sometimes it's changing one word that clicks. And then now it's funny and poignant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, a, uh, and then I told my dad, he could go fuck himself. And then that sort of changed. I was like able to like conquer that monster. It was like, I took mm-hmm. down Godzilla. Yeah. I would like, we were on the phone and we were having one of our many drag out fights where then I would have to go. Cause he would play victim. Like he was, but I had like, I'm, you know, when, when I was a kid, he was this big looming presence. So if I was being, if I was, um, if I wasn't listening or if I finally like, I wasn't, taking in his words and they didn't mean anything to me anymore. He would just smack me around, but now he can't do that. Cause a, I'm an adult and, and he's not, a, I'm not, a, we're not around each other like that anymore. So he, the only way now he knows how to get that from me is to play victim. So, all right, well now I'm hurt by what you said. You need to come and apologize. And I just was sitting on the phone and I said some remark about having, having a shit childhood. And he, he said, Oh yeah, I was the worst father and I just snapped. And I said, "Yeah, you fucking were." <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and then uh yeah, and I told him I never wanted to talk to him again and I hung up the phone and that was I don't know, like 4 years ago, something like that. Wow. Yeah. And uh and then I I just sort of started to slowly over time think about what I will and won't put up with what, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't have a full understanding of it. Nobody ever really will. It's the same. I can't remember what philosopher said it, but a wise, a wise man knows that a wise man knows nothing. You know, you don't, you can never really know yourself. You can never really know, um, everything, but what I can do is collectively try to have a better, better understanding about, where I will set a boundary and what's worth fighting for. I think a very important 
question everyone needs to ask themselves is, are you fighting to be heard and win? Or are you fighting to make this relationship a little more cohesive so you understand each other better? Because if you're trying to fight to win, then it's not a partnership, you're adversaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love all of that. Like, I know. And, wow. and also yeah. like how empowering that you had that moment with your father of just being like, you know what? You're no longer like gonna control like how I feel about myself. Like this is who I am. Fuck off. Get out of my life. And like, mm-hmm. that was, was that like, well, I don't know. I mean, that was just like a huge boundary that you set. That sounds like it like went like rolled into more and more boundaries with people. Yeah. Yeah. I started to, you know, I, like he wanted me to be so many things and I just like could never live up to it. And then I would date women that would sort of box me into the same kind of concept. It's like, well, I want you to be this. Can you do that? Or can you do this or whatever? And um, so, you know, it, yeah, it was a, it was a great feeling to realize like, Oh, you know, especially with the cult there's like a a, a, an idea of like the cult of family i feel that i want to help people break their concept of um because people always people always will write into the show about family fuckers that they have to deal with and it's like they're my brother or they're my sister or whatever they're my dad they're my mom um so i have to love them and it's like no you don't actually family and just like just like a romantic partner they have to earn your love and respect you don't just give your love and respect to some stranger you meet at a bar you don't just roll up and like you're the one because you know they they have to they have to figure you out and learn who you are and then you have to have this mutual respect and if you don't have that in either your romantic relationship or you're familiar or whatever friends same thing any any of it if there's if there's at any point you're being drained emotionally and you're putting in all this work i don't give a fuck if it's your grandpa who raised you that guy's being a piece of shit and you need to mm-hmm. and you don't have to cut him off like i did you can work through it but there needs to be you need to have a full understanding of again what you will or will not take Absolutely. I, um, I mean, I think, I think that's so important. Like, so I had a really similar experience growing up. Hey, you guys are like kind you. of like weirdly the same. Person. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you're, if, when you come back to LA, we'll have to meet for like coffee or something. And I, sure. I'm pretty sure I'll just be like over in the corner <laughs> and you guys will just, just be like spitting back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because like I had a scary dad, there was abuse in my home and lots of like fighting and violence and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then my parents got divorced when I was 14 or 15. And then my dad was like this broken shell of a man who was like, Yo, my dad too, dog. That for for real, that exact same thing happened. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm just saying it's around here. And and you get like the worst of both worlds where you get like this, there's like the trauma and being afraid and not having Mm self-worth. And then there's all this like kind of now in relationships, like this feeling of guilt and responsibility is like terrible and overwhelming because all of a sudden now, like I had to, comfort and take care of my dad who was like 
depressed and broken and all of this shit. And like in ways that were like totally inappropriate. I'm like, I'm the fucking kid here. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I got to take care of you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking five dog. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> crying bitch. Shut up. Well, and like, and I think what's interesting is I think people who grow up in healthy environments, like that sense of self-worth is like nurtured and kind of like always there. And then, and there was people who grew up like we did where like, you have to now as an adult, like go back and like find it. You have to like find the plug and find the outlet and like plug it in. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you start like being like, fuck off. I don't want you in my life. You know, or, or yeah. just like not wasting your time with people that like aren't going to be good for you. But yeah. that's like a journey for people to like get there, you know? And oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm really curious for you, Kane, like, does like how how has your sobriety played into that journey for you? Well, I had to get sober because I was drinking about all of it. Like I, I had to I was working it out through booze and um like, I just felt a lot of pent up rage and anger. And I didn't I, like it just was sitting in there because I normally I'm a very happy person. Like, I was a very happy baby. And I'm, I'm a generally happy person now. And I was then just but out of nowhere, I would just feel this ball of rage and anxiety. And I just like didn't know where it was coming from. And I didn't know where to like put my emotions. And then I got drunk one night. And it all just fucking, uh, I just started at a party. Oh, I hate remembering this. <laughs> oh, just at a party, sitting on the couch, sobbing. <laughs> 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 and everyone's like, yo, dude, what? do you have cancer? What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, what, did, did something trigger it? Like, do you even No, remember? I was just sitting there drunk. I was just sitting there drunk and... I think we were, I think we were watching Ace Ventura and I was just like, <laughs> daddy, you know? And I just started fucking, <laughs> and then it like wouldn't stop. It just would not stop. I could not stop crying. So I had to, I had to recuse myself and I was like, what was that? But the next morning I felt so good. Yeah. It, was, it was all out of me. I was like, oh yes. my God. So then anytime I felt that ball hit me again. I would go, I was like, oh, I can go get drunk and then I'll, it'll come out. Cause I couldn't do it sober. Oh, yes. Interesting. Yes. Me too. Yeah. I couldn't uh, cry. I hate you both. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, 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 so I can cry sober, but I think for a long time, like, so I, I don't identify as like being in recovery, but I pretty much stopped drinking like maybe eight to 12 months ago. Mm. And like to me, it, it's been, it feels amazing. It feels like I got off this roller coaster. You know, like you were talking about that, like emotional roller coaster of like those unhealthy relationships. Like that was my relationship with alcohol. And so like, I, it, to me, I was always very functional, but it was like in the past, like 10 years, really, it got more and more where like, I would be like leaving, hanging out with friends early. So like, I could like really start drinking. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I would just be like by my and like I would literally sit out on my porch and drink by myself mm -hmm. and smoke cigarettes yep. and like 
watched YouTube clips that were either going to make me cry, <laughs> you know, and like, it was like the way I got like in touch with my emotions and myself <laughs> and like process my shit. I did. I would watch, uh, I would watch Kevin Costner baseball movies. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, like yeah, dude. I have so many. I have such a like long YouTube history of like emotional scenes from movies that I love. Yeah. When the fuck, dude? When in for the love of the game? Oh my god! When John C. Riley walks up to Kevin Costner and like, and he starts to know they're in the ninth inning, and he's like, "Yo, I'm a, am I about to pitch a perfect game?" And John C. Riley is like, "We're here for you, no matter what. Like the boys are here to play." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> they're there for you, God. <laughs> See, like that. I, 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 I think that's like more slightly more respectable than mine, which is like I have a, like there's like a a Rocky and Mickey montage, oh, like yeah. from all yes. the Rocky movies. That one destroys me. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, Any I Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Kate. no, please go ahead. We just I, talked I was, about sports. <laughs> I was just gonna say I can't relate to any of this. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't look at, you don't watch clips to then intentionally make you cry ever. No. So I'm actually, you know, it's interesting is like, I have recently become more of a crier. Like I, mm -hmm. um, I also, I also kind of like have this like stoic, like outwardness, but I'm very soft and sensitive inside and I get my feelings hurt very easily, but I don't like people seeing that. Um, and Cause I kind of, I don't know. I, I think I just had to like toughen up cause my dad was tough and I got, I was the one that got yelled at. And, and then eventually I just started yelling back and you know, that's kind of how I dealt with that. But um, no, like I, I would like, I didn't cry at my wedding. Mm -hmm. I like, I would, it was so weird. Like I'd watch a movie with my mom and be like, are you crying? <laughs> and he cries when watching, but recently, and I, I don't know. I think it's like, I went through a breakup in January and then like had a series of like really unfortunate like events of like, um, like a guy, we had sex, we had been dating for a little bit. He was like love bombing me and literally in his bed the next morning told me he was no longer interested in me because we had sex. Oh, what? In the bed? In his bed that he what? asked me to stay in. Like he invited me over. We had like had three other dates. He was like, you're like, I, you're the woman of my dreams. Like, I can't believe I found you. He was also divorced. I'm like, oh, we have this in common, blah, blah, blah. Oh. We have sex. It wasn't good. Like it just wasn't good <laughs> at all. Right. But like, I was just trying to be like, you know, supportive and like, oh yeah, that was great. You know, glad mm -hmm. I have my vibrator, but like, yeah. you know, and then the next morning I'm like laying on his chest and, and, and he was like, um, he was weird. And I said, Hey, are you okay? And he, it was basically like, I'm kind of freaking out that you're, you saved the night. And I said, oh, okay. And then he was like, sometimes when I have sex with someone for the first time, I become disinterested. And I was like, hmm. oh, okay. I was like, do you feel that way about me? And he's like, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Whoa. What yeah. an animal. Yeah, that was, that was probably, it was like, so it was piercing. It was just piercing because it's brought up all of my insecurities. Of course. Um, so like I got up, left, was crying, 
Um, and then after that, like immediately went back on the apps, met another douchey guy and mm -hmm. then took like some time off. And then I met a douchey guy in August and then I got ghosted the episode you listened to mm -hmm. like uh, same thing. He just kind of loved on me and then like just booked it, you know, which is right. probably good because he wasn't vaccinated, but <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. And so, and so just recently, I've just been crying at everything. Like, mm -hmm. like all someone sent me a picture of a cat and I just started crying. <laughs> like you, the floodgates have opened. Yes, opened. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, now I'm a lot, I'm a lot more emotional now that I'm sober. I don't know where I just, I was able to like, they had to go somewhere. And so that ball of anger is not really there anymore. It's more of just like, uh, a little bit of anxiety will hit me and I have, I have I'm like, all right, I'm, a, I'm, I'm anxious about something and I need to figure out what it is. So I'll do some writing and I'll try and talk it out with somebody. I'll call somebody and, and be like, I'm anxious. I don't know what's going on. I think I need to, can I, can I bend your ear for a second? And so then I try my best to talk it out as much as possible. And I usually have a bunch of comic friends who are also sober. So I do it with them. And, um, and then I'll get off the phone and then i'll be like oh yeah i'm gonna cry <laughs> and i fucking it just starts coming out of me and um and it's a, it's just like a it's so much better to live that way now i can't i can't go back to bottling it up i'll, I'll die i mean i'll just i will i'll wilt away yeah um because if i i be i become i become someone i don't want to be around anymore like i just yeah. don't like i just would spend days just being just so up my own ass thinking that the world owes me and but it's against me at the same time and so you know it's like you know and then that that living in that victimhood you know i started to recognize things about my dad where it's like you know you try to tell him your plight and then he comes back with you didn't have it so bad because when i blah 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 and it's you know and you hear that a lot with people who treat people like shit and then when when they're told hey you're treating me like shit it's like well i was treated like shit it's like well okay but it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter how you were treated you're treating me like shit so come to grips with it yeah, come own it own your own shit figure it out because your inability to process is making me feel insane so I need you mm -hmm. to stop being a victim now and figure it out. I'm sorry what happened to you, but if you want to have a relationship with me, you need to figure out what triggers you. So you stop treating me like dog shit. And, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I have no, I have no sympathy for people who say, well, I had it that who didn't mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. name a person. They had well, it bad too. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's good to have compassion. It's like, yeah, you're a fucker because awful things happen to you, mm -hmm. but like, that's not my fault. And then yeah. what to do with that is now your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a fucker and do awful things to other people, like that's not, you know, yeah, like yeah. You, you, you're still accountable for that, that shit. Yeah. It's, I like, like, I like a, like villains who that's there like in a movie like a villain who has that story where it's like well you know what happened to me is the reason why i'm 
a murderer or whatever. And that's what I like about the Joker is just like the Joker is like, here's two sob stories. They may or may not be honest or true or whatever, but really inherently it's like, this is just, this is just how I feel. Like that's what makes him a compelling villain. But I f immediately fall off in a movie for a villain who's just like, well, I was treated like shit. And I just go boring. I don't <laughs> give a fuck now. <laughs> Yeah. That's, well, and what, what I was going to say, too, to your point, Leanna, and like all of us talking about how we cry now, like, I, I think that's such a gift. Like, I think that's I feel so lucky and it sucks that it's like really painful experiences that that get you there that I think like for a lot of people, you build up you're like pretty shitty coping mechanisms to deal with the stuff that happened to you mm -hmm. and they work kind of they work poorly but they work like through your 20s and then like as some really tough shit happens in your life you're like oh i need to throw all of this out and like fix some stuff that's like a lot deeper down and mm -hmm. it's like i i'm super grateful for the like horrifically painful experiences i've had in the last 10 years of my life that have led to me like crying at random weird shit and like yeah, right. you know like and and like not drinking and like kind of taking care of myself in all these other ways you know yeah are you yeah. do you do therapy kane mm -hmm. okay oh, yeah. awesome yeah therapy is a, a must i think for yes. anybody i always find it funny when people say they don't need it like they figured it <laughs> out because i also said that <laughs> i said the exact same thing <laughs> i made up a story too when i was like 13 or 14 i made up a story to dispel the idea of therapy to somebody who said they think I, I need it. And I, I said, oh, I, I went to a therapist and they said, I don't need to be here. Like, I'm so well adjusted that like, oh, you got, I was 14. And I had already said, thought back then, I don't need this shit. And I went, I remember I just went to a therapist and I was like, I was like, I don't want to be here, but I feel like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to spit out everything. And I spent the, that first hour, she didn't talk once. She didn't give me any advice. I just spit out everything. And then I just like got done and she was like, all right, well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll be back. Cause now I need, <laughs> now I need answers. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, and I know we're, we're running short on time. One of the questions, uh, another kind of deep dive relationship question is, what did you, what have you learned about yourself from like a more recent relationship or breakup or like maybe how have you grown? Or even from like your divorce, like, which probably was like a much more significant thing. Well, both are, both are a very significant because I love both of them very much. And with um with my last with my last ex we just we lo we loved each other and it was great but we just sort of looked at there our situation and was just like the timing feels off mm. and there's a lot of pushing towards uh, um, trying to figure out like if, if we can make these sort of differences work when we don't, when we really don't want to. And normally I think in our twenties, one or both of us would have just been like, I'm gonna, I'll succeed. 
secede, secede, I'll secede. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just do, I'll come here or I'll do this thing or whatever. And we, I just remember we were like, and I said it on the, sh- on the show, it's like, we really love each other, but we also wanted to walk away s- still liking each other. Um, so we just had to have that tough conversation of like, I just don't think these things are lining up. And because of that, I, I don't know if it's going to work, you know, right now, you know, and it was, uh, a really sweet breakup. Like it was a really sweet one. We Mm -hmm. talked for like an hour afterwards and, and, um, it just makes you less afraid of having those kind of conversations because what we, you know, we didn't have these conversations before we made like these big sweeping decisions. And then when we were in it, we realized like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe we were moving too fast or something like that. And so with that, we just sort of had a nice grown up conversation where we ended amicably. And that kind of sucks too, because, you know, you still like, you still like the person yeah. and you sit and you think about all the good things and you're like, Oh man, I wish we still had, like, I wish we could just have that still. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that was a nice lesson to learn that like, yeah, they're going to be uncomfortable conversations, but fuck, they're very important to have. Um, they're very important to have, especially before you make any big decision, mm-hmm. any big um, decision in a relationship moving forward with somebody you have to otherwise you're living in you're living in some sort of obscurity with each mm-hmm. other and then that's a that's a terrible place to be because the excitement of the excitement of the relationship especially with the, within the first year greg and i always say on the show the first year is supposed to be fuck eat fuck sleep and that's mm-hmm. all you're doing is mm-hmm. fuck eat fuck sleep and then uh after that year let's have those like big convert or maybe even before that, like six months. But I realized with both my last relationship and my ex-wife that I'm, um, move uh, move a lot slower than I, I I have to move a lot slower than I'm used to because I'm just, you know, I get really excited. (laughs) I get really excited at the start of a relationship and, I'm like, oh, fuck, we get to have all these new experiences and I'll get to do these new things. And I love learning about, I want to I I learn about you and I want to learn what you like, what you don't like, what I can do for you, what gets you excited, that'll get me excited. How do I, you know, how do we be the best for each other? That, and it's like, and then it gets really exciting and then you're like, oh, cool, all right. And with my, my ex-wife, we moved really fast. <laughs> we, we did that and then it was like, two months in we moved in with each other and then and and we i would say we had a really successful relationship we were together eight years off and on you know she was with me during my sobriety and all that stuff but you know you get together in your 20s and you grow and you both grow and you sort of grow we grew separately rather than together um and then and then that what's ultimately led to the breakup is we both sort of became different people Mm-hmm. and we're unrecognizable as partners and that's what eventually ended and we also ended amicably mm. yeah so like we can we talk every once in a while too 
That's, that's really great. I want to clarify by me saying one was more significant. I just meant the length of time. Obviously, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. obviously like you can be just as in love or love, you know, someone from a short amount of time um, as I've experienced myself. But um, I think this is so it's like really like admirable of you to be able to have, I've never had a relationship in amicably, never. No. And <laughs> I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that's really great. I think that shows a lot about who you are and who you're picking as mm -hmm. partners. And I also want to say like, in terms of a, like moving fast thing, um, I think there has to be like a balance because if you look at like, there are some couples who move in within a month, two months, and they're together for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And then there are some couples that wait to move in for two years, things slow, blah, blah, blah. They get married and then they're divorced like that. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that there has to be like a, like it needs to be healthy for you, whatever that means. But right. I don't think that there has to be like a specific playbook of how that works out. And I think it's normal to feel like really excited about the person and to mm -hmm. want to get to know them. Like that's what our, like chemically our brain like does that because we're like, want to come together and mate and produce children so that the, mm -hmm. the, our species can keep going, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's just, you know, what we talk about a lot and from like experts that we've had on is like, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. Just make sure, like, see if you're both in the same together yeah, and keep like collecting data, learning about mm -hmm. the person, like understanding you don't know that person yet. Like, you know, like what are these conversations we need to have? When do we need to have them? Effective communication, all that. And like, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just want you to, I want to tell you that it's okay that you went fast. Like, I don't know that, yeah, yeah. you know? Right, yeah. That was like uh a really long no yeah no that yeah well i also think i listened to whatever episode you did where you made a list of things you want in a partner oh yeah mm -hmm. that was the ghosting episode yeah that what i liked most about your list is it wasn't like you weren't you weren't like molding a person like these are things about you that you would want to be able to have and it wasn't very long either. And that's what I liked about the list. It was like, the list was like, yo, you, can you just have these sort of backgrounds and this sort of ideal um, and, and stay fir staying firm on that is great. And you know, it's not like this person, you meet a person and it's like, all right, are you gonna fit into this little list that I made you? Um, or right. are you just gonna go, oh shit, he fucking click, 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 click and uh sort of hit all the boxes and that and i think that's a really smart idea for anybody who's like well how do i find somebody it's like well you know a lot of times you get into a relationship and you go well they don't like this and they don't want to do this and they don't believe in this and they don't want to um they don't want to participate in this but maybe if i work hard enough mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, they'll change there's like a Simpsons episode that I love where Lisa has a crush on Nelson, but he's too much of an abrasive dick for her to like understand why she has a crush on him. So she confides in Marge and then Marge goes, when I first, <laughs> a lot of women will say that you can't change a man, but those women are quitters. 
When I first <laughs> when I first met your father, he was loud, rude, and piggish. And now, after years, uh, he's a totally different person. And Lisa's like, mom. And she's like, he's a whole new person, Lisa. She's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true, though. You, you just can't go into something expecting to change the person. You either have to decide, okay, I'm going to choose to love this person exactly how they are, mm -hmm. or this is not for me. Yeah. Is yeah. your are you are, are two lives gonna come together to be to be a whole life that you share together, or are you gonna just be part of their life, and then that's your identity, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I don't want to be. Um, not that anybody's ever done this to me, but I don't want to be someone's. I don't want to be their life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want my life to be, oh, I'm this person's boyfriend or I'm this person's husband or whatever. Like, I'm Kane and I do whatever and I have this I like about me. And also, this is my girlfriend um, and she has these likes and these things Taryn. that we share together. This is Taryn, my one true love. Oh, Taryn, <laughs> if you didn't live on a farm and have three children. <laughs> That's great. Well, so and to kind of bring it back around to where we started, Kane, like you talk a lot about, you know, obviously on um, DTBFF, you guys are talking a lot about like relationships and family and like how people treat each other. And even in your standup, like you bring in a lot of like relationship stuff and everything like that. So like, how is that for you to kind of like blend that into your work? And like, what are kind of like the pros and cons of that? Uh, well, a definite con is, I think sometimes people will put, because I do, do a relationship podcast, people will put me on this pedestal of this all seeing, all knowing kind of thing, uh, kind of guy. And it's like, Hey man, I had to figure it out. Just like you had to figure it out. These are my, this is my point of view. And you can agree. And we say it all the time, you know, it's in the title of the show. Don't take bullshit from fuckers. If you're listening to us and we sound like a fucker, turn the show off, you know, yeah. but we're not for you. Um, and that's good. You know, we want people, <laughs> Greg said it once where he was like, I want, I want motherfuckers to want to die for me. Like, I don't want people wavering, you know, I want people to have, I want people to share a an ideal also have a have a relationship where you can have a a, a a healthy argument about something you know you're not always going to agree on stuff and i think what's what's being lost nowadays is people think like i'm on this side and you're on this side and so obviously we can't be friends and it's like well we're eroding as a yeah. culture we're eroding why what what why can't we just go well this is how you feel this is how i think we can still be copacetic we can still have an understanding that this is where you stand this is where i stand whatever and we want people to feel like they they belong but if you don't well then go then go away because <laughs> i'm not gonna hang out i'm not gonna if you had a show i didn't like it i wouldn't continue to listen to it you know, I wouldn't keep listening to your show to be like these motherfuckers every week. 
every week they say the same shit when are they gonna stop we're not we're never gonna stop this is how we this is fucking our point of view but if you want to you know um and with stand-up that's i i i named my i named my last album after my dad can't see straight is a thing he would say before he would get abusive oh yeah he it's a joke because a friend of mine asked me he's like do you have any do you have any material he was doing like a quote-unquote one-man show about child abuse and he was like do you have any jokes about your dad beating you up and i was like i don't and he was can you think of any and i was like i mean I'll, i guess so i can try so i started to think all right well what's funny about being hit by your dad and i remembered that he would always um whenever he'd get really mad this eye would go lazy and sort of like just sort of veer off and i always thought that was really funny because it made it look like the eye didn't want to be a witness to the child <laughs> abuse it's like trying to like 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 exit and stay yeah, like left right the eye, the eye doesn't want to uh, uh testify yeah it's and, like edging towards the door yeah yeah and um <laughs> and it would always happen after his favorite phrase which is i'm so mad i can't even see straight and then the eye would just put, sort of bob off and I'm like you really can't that's unbelievable <laughs> and so i wow. named i named uh i named my album al album after him yeah well i like i like that your stuff is so real and so relevant and you're so open about your own trauma and your dating and your relationships and ultimately like you're using that to like help people and bring in like comedic relief and like you know i just think it's really cool i do Thank have you. like i have one more question are you okay on time sure yeah okay hand jobs <laughs> i've given so many <laughs> if you were dating someone or uh -huh. like hooking up with someone or casually or whatever and she was like i really want to give you a hand job is that like do you, would you want that yes okay I have you ever gotten a good hand job uh well hand jobs always usually just lead to sex or blowjobs or something i've i've found that it's i mean okay i'm talking about a hand job to completion when i was in <laughs> when i was in high school <laughs> i got a hand job to completion i believe but i was like you know it was a girl touching my dick for the first time so i was like i this is amazing um would you like want that like now like in your 30s if 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 that's gonna <laughs> if that's gonna bring if that's gonna turn you on like we're sitting there and and you're like i really want to give you a hand job then yes absolutely i would just go yeah here like let's do this all the way to the end for sure um that's never really that's never happened. I don't think anyone's ever come to me and, and said, <laughs> said that, <laughs> but now I'm a little frustrated that that's never happened. Cause now I'm just hoping that the next girl I'm on a, a date <laughs> See? with is like, See? I just, it would be great. I think, it would yeah. Be great. yeah, I think, I think hand jobs are underrated. It's a skill mm -hmm. I've really been working on and <laughs> I get <laughs> just, you just been like asking random, Hey man, Hey, <laughs> I've seen the outline in your pants. Can I give you a hand job? I'm, it's, I, for, it's a test. I'm just working for research. For research. <laughs> for research. <laughs>
But it's interesting because so I like posted this thing on TikTok. It went viral. And there's like off, obviously like, like lots of different comments and like, oh, you know, demonstrate on me next time or like. But then there's also like, what are you like? 15, like, why are you giving hand jobs? Like, no guy would ever want that because they've crafted that themselves for like so many years. Like, no woman could ever compare. But I think it's like kind of like, I think it's like, I don't know. I just, I think there's so much other things than like blowjobs and penetration that can happen that can be really like, that can like turn me on and like maybe turn the guy on that like not hasn't really happened, isn't common, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm always down to do whatever as long as like you're you're saying well, I really I want to do this or I want you to do this to me. Okay, great. Then I will I'll do that for sure. Um, <laughs> and the and the weird thing is like there's a do you guys ever watch the show Get Shorty? Mm-mm. There's a scene where one of the dudes in it is Mormon and hasn't had sex. He's like in his 40s and he, he's a virgin. And this one girl who's been sort of into him was like, well, what do you do? And he goes, well, in the Mormon community, we'll just put it in and, but no movement. And That's, then, oh my gosh, Sherry talks about that all the time. We were talking about that. It's called like soaking or like docking soaking. or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. they show them doing it. And this, and she's just like, yo, this is some like weird tantric shit. And she was, she, her being so into it made me go, I want to do that. But I want to have, I want someone, <laughs> I want someone who's going to be like, yeah, just don't move. Just sit there and don't move. And I would kind of love to see what would happen. Like if anyone. Like if anyone would come. If anyone orgasms from not moving, but you're like, you're, you're feeling each other or like the idea of maybe like you're, you're not moving, but you're touching each other. Like you're able to still like touch each other's bodies, but not moving because like your initial, like, like a dog almost like when a dog yeah. just starts humping the air, you know, instinctively, you're going to start humping because you're like, fuck, I'm touching and I'm getting aroused. But like the, the whole idea is don't you move You can touch whatever you want, but yeah. don't fucking move your hips. Are you soaked in all the way? All the way. Okay. I think that's really hot actually, yeah. because I sure. think it's like, you know, because like tantric sex isn't always touching or like mm-hmm. sex at all. It's like, sometimes it's just like energy. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think that's so hot because it's like, um, you want more and you're not getting it. And so well, you're, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could also do like little, like little micro things. Like, you know, instead of like aggressively pulling hair, you just sort of hold on to it or tug it a little bit or whatever. Like all those things that would be aggressive in that moment, if you were having sex and this time it's all a lot smaller. It's all a lot more subtle. Okay. I have a question. So I I think, I think the two of you need to (laughs) do this and report, (laughs) report back to us how it went. (laughs) <laughs> we, we put it in and we we moved very little there was a little bit of a little hair tugging but little very tugging we'll write a review we'll yeah. write a review yeah, yeah. another tiktok should happen for sure yeah, yeah definitely Absolutely. that would be like maybe more only fans but like yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sure yeah sure, sure. <laughs> for sure um is a vibrator allowed in like the soaking area oh i, I what do you think i i I think that I think that violates the rule of like we're not going full out here, like we're we're holding back. But like, how Ooh. good would that feel on your dick, though? 
that well, it feels it feels really that's good true. i've had that that's done true. before that feels really good but what if okay another it's another subtlety where you're you have it near like you can feel sort of like the vibrator sort of oh this, like on your thigh instead on your thigh or it's oh, like yes up near your clit or something and but you can feel the air sort of pushing like the vibrator is pushing the air up rather than actually touching you so it's still tantric it's still yeah it's still within the rules yes <laughs> it's like it's like when somebody has their finger near your face but they're not touching you it's like i feel like you're touching me though yeah. <laughs> yes yeah no totally okay so we all need to end this now and go separately uh, well <laughs> by the way Kane, j just so you know i heard like a new a, a new like development in the soaking uh like playbook <laughs> that i had never heard before recently mm -hmm. which is that now apparently and i think this like happens at like byu you know like the big mormon school or whatever where you you so two people get together and they soak and they're not allowed to move because of jesus or whatever right but then <laughs> jesus has just got binoculars yeah but then, but then this is the this is the like new level that's been added they get their friend to like jump on the bed and like somehow whoa. that's allowed <laughs> whoa that actually sounds really fun like what for the for the friend <laughs> oh yeah like jumping around them as they're just like hey all right all right relax <laughs> that would be great like that i wonder if there's like could you go on like craigslist at byu and be like i'll jump on your bed man like you know 100 oh, yeah. bucks an yeah. hour yeah like give me yeah give me 20 bucks or like you know uh, uh, a pizza and mm -hmm. like you know, and, and then pizza. and then just to be really aggressive about it, be like, you like that, huh? <laughs> you get into their face like a coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kane, this has been awesome. Oh, yes, yeah, um, this is fun. Please like tell our audience like everywhere to find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DT or at uh, Kane Holloway. K-A-N-E-H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y. And then you could find the show if you're looking for the podcast right now uh you can type into the search search engine dtbff or dtbff podcast and it'll be the first thing that pops up because the you know the title don't take bullshit from fuckers is really long and yeah so if you're looking for it the um abbreviation of it is is there you can also follow the show on instagram at dtbff podcast and the link for the show will be there and i think the link yeah the link is in my link tree and it's also on KaneHolloway.com. And um, I have my comedy album, Can't See Straight. It's everywhere, Spotify, iTunes. And um, I also converted it into a special. So you can watch for free on my YouTube channel. And I renamed it the Two Jacket Special because I had two different sets that I molded into one hour, but I changed jackets for some reason so the first half hour is me in a blue jacket and the last half hour is me in a red jacket so it's called the two jacket special but it's the same material that's awesome well i really appreciate you coming on we love you um if you're when you get to la like let's get together absolutely and i really hope for hanging out or for soaking well i was gonna say <laughs> i hope you get your hand job 
and you're yes. soaking soon. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. You too. Everybody, I hope everyone gets out there, both you guys and your listening audience, everyone gets a hand job or gives a hand job and soaks. Let's let's <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. 2022 hand <laughs> the jobs. Year of soaking. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, Kane. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on, Kane. You are just, we are just so appreciative to have you. Yeah, we're like psyched to be like podcast. Podcast friends? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're our friend now. We're telling you, you're, <laughs> you have to be our friend. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Leanna Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. You can find everything on our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com, including our YouTube, all of our social, our Patreon account, all of our sponsors. Jade's information is going to be on there. Um, guys, subscribe, rate, and review for us on Apple Podcasts. That would be so awesome. And mm -hmm. we've got a review contest coming up. So like, we'll explain a little bit more about that next week. Just go submit your review. Anything submitted now counts. It, yes, has to be five stars to count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try and click the five stars. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.